first scripture we'll be looking at tonight is uh, Exodus And specifically, specifically leaving Egypt, and what event happens that is sort of dramatic that um, God is trying to. <clears throat> and Jamie gets the gold star, and I was hoping that you would say that the Red Sea. So we're going to look at, but what we're going to look at tonight, we're going to look at a little bit different perspective. I'm calling this the Wall of God, and and. There's two different walls that are good that we need to think about and, and just kind of remember. And uh, we get pictures of here in the uh, um, in the Old Testament, and and uh, Paul refers actually to them in the New Testament also. Um, and and then there's one word of warning that I will issue tonight as we uh, as we uh, before we go to prayer, and uh, that's just sometimes. Sometimes we can, you know, God puts up walls of protection. Um, we're going to talk about a wall of salvation. We're going to talk about a wall of protection. <clears throat> but when, when you, and it's a structure, right? The wall is a structure. And it's uh, and when you start tearing those down, uh, bad things happen. And, and, you know, of course, we can, we've got many, many, illustrations of that that we could talk about in society today um, but sometimes we as Christians can do that also and we don't want to do that so let's begin <clears throat> um, somebody uh, if somebody could volunteer to read Exodus chapter 14 verses 19 through 22 19 through 22 please and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and a darkness to them, but it gave light by night to see to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Yeah, that's for now. I, I just want to stop there for a second. So, you know, we've got some... Some people that I will, I, I mean, I don't want to disparage anyone, but, but we do have heretics out there that will say that this actually didn't happen. And yet here in our King James Bible, we, we've got it all spelled out here, right? I mean, it's pretty, uh, I know that we need the Holy Ghost to help us to understand the Word of God and all of that. Um, you know, and so, but but still, these words are pretty simple, right? I mean, it's pretty, 
self-explanatory, I think. I mean, a wall on your left hand and on your right hand. And have have any of us walked through hallways, you know, recently where we have maybe we have hallways in the house or we have hallways in the building and we have uh, a wall on our left hand and a wall on our right hands, right? So uh, this was just a big hallway. Of course, you need a big hallway because you've got 1.6 million people uh, crossing through the Red Sea on dry ground. So um, this is a miracle. It's obviously the ha- um, the what's the scripture, the Egyptian magician, uh, magicians called the finger of God. So this is actual physical workings in creation. They call it the finger of God. Um, and, and so what we have here is a God is, is doing, he's working signs and wonders amongst the nation of Israel and this is uh, not the first one but it is a dramatic one to help them get across the sea um, and and God wants us to know that and I'm just going to drop down to verse 29 here and uh, what what you know of course what do we see here we see it repeated right so it says but the children of Israel walked upon dry ground in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left so god wants us to know that by the way i was reading in my devotion uh, the, the other day my bible reading the other day this very passage and it really just stuck out to me how that's repeated and so what we see is repeated um <clears throat> so so we'll pay attention to it and sometimes we do and sometimes we don't but that's another that's another message so I call this the wall of salvation. Well, let's look at why. And um, and if uh, somebody could take verse 30 and 31, because it tells us here, why do we see this, or why can we see this as the wall of salvation? So we see the Lord saved Israel. That that word "saved" in the Bible is well. <clears throat> we'll we'll um, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but I just want to just drop this 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 Exodus fifteen one real quickly here, uh, just to see what what kind of a reaction did this get out of the children of Israel and even Moses as they uh, as they as they. Uh, did the victory dance in chapter 15 and it says this uh, 15 1 this then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea and so they're like we're, they're here. They're acknowledging, they're acknowledging God um, that He has won the victory for them. So that's good because you know salvation is not. Well, are we righteous? So we're not righteous, and so we need somebody else's righteous to be righteous. And there's only one righteous being in this whole universe, right? <clears throat> and uh, 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 Isaiah. 
um, 41.10, of course, is a, is a very favorite verse among many uh, Bible-believing Christians. And, and it says, I will strengthen thee, I will uphold thee by the, righteous, uh, by, by the uh, right hand of my righteousness, Isaiah 41.10. So it, he's, um, he's the one that's righteous, and he's imputed his righteousness unto us. That's Romans 3. So that's, uh, you know, the, the, the salvation. Now let's flip over to the New Testament real quick, because Paul addresses this. Um, God uses Paul to address this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And if somebody wants to take the first four verses there, the first four verses, please. Let's go and and just you know for the record because I I think it, it behooves us to just reference this. Um, let's go back to Exodus chapter seventeen and let's find out where that rock is referenced because Paul essentially drops in and he continues. But but those are the first four verses. This is sort of a mic drop here. Uh, he drops in a history of Exodus chapter uh, um, 14, 15, 16, 17, right in those four verses, and just drops it in there and, and begins. And he's schooling us, because um, sometimes we can be carnal like Corinthians, because he, he has to school us, God does, about how we need to make sure we don't forget this Old Testament stuff, because it's for our learning. Uh, so let's look at Exodus chapter okay 17 chapter 17 let's ask um, somebody grab verses 1 through 6 1 through 6 
thou smotest the river, take in thy hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in, in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come out and out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And so that's a reference, you know, Paul says, and that rock was Christ. So this is Christ the rock that Moses is smiting. Now, later on in Numbers, he smites the rock again, and that's not supposed to happen. Um, But that Numbers is a different message. What we're doing here is we're looking at the wall of salvation, and that that the, the wall of salvation becomes the rock of salvation and really if you look at it the foundation of the wall is that precious cornerstone who is the precious cornerstone that's the foundation of the wall of salvation it's jesus christ that's right so anyways just just a food for thought right the wall of salvation the rock of christ go together and so we see that foundation here Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. There's a second wall that I want to look at, and let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 25. And um, so, what is happening to David in before this particular passage of scripture? We know what, what do we know about um, the the latter part of of the book of 1 Samuel? What what is David? Uh, what, what is David's activity here? Um, that you know, what's he doing? Um, so. Well, true. That that's true, and we'll get to that. But but before this, and uh, what what David has been doing is he's been running from Saul, right? I mean, Saul's been hunting him down. He's been, I mean, and and so essentially, by the time we get here, um, since he's been running from Saul, he's basically starving to death, right? And so, what happens here in chapter twenty-five? You're correct, Sharon. Is he sends some guys to Nabal and kind of, hey hey Nabal can I have some food? And if you um, if you look back in the previous some of the previous chapters of First uh, Samuel, everybody in Israel knew and loved David, and so for Nabal to uh, for for Nabal to uh, well, let's look at the yeah. <clears throat> so so let's look at. Um, I mean, there's a, this this whole passage here is is we need for context, but I and I encourage you to read it. Let's start in verse um, fourteen to seventeen. I think this will give us enough context that we can kind of see what's going to happen here. So. Somebody grab verses 14 to 17 for us, please. Chapter 25. But one of the young men told Abigail and the doll's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers 
out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and were not hurt, or we were not hurt, neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant. Yeah. And so what we see here is, um, you know, many times we'll see uh, a king when he's uh, when he's a good king, uh, he'll build the walls of Jerusalem, right? In fact, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what the verse is, but there's a verse in Psalm that says, "Build thou the walls of Zion." So God wants to build the walls of Jerusalem. He wants to build the walls of Zion. Um, and so what David and his men did basically is they said, hey, look, we're going to protect this guy. Uh, we're going to protect his family. We're going to protect his sheep. And um, because he loved Israel, he loved the land. He, I mean, you, you know, David, he, he knew, he understood what God's plan was for the promised land. And, and he almost achieved it. Although there were a lot of enemies that had to be slain, and and he made some mistakes along the way, but but essentially what he did to these guys, we put up a wall of protection, and and what happened was Nabal didn't really appreciate that either he, that or he, I mean it was obvious that he didn't care about I mean because these this young man that came to Abigail, he's like, look I know that evil's going to happen to this guy, but. But the rest of us are going to die too, and I don't really want to feel like dying today. So, can you figure out what to do about this? You know. So, we see in the in the subsequent verses there, Abigail girds up her loins to speak, so to speak, and and she commands you know the servants, and they they uh, they they gather together a bunch of stuff, and she feeds these 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 men of David and. And of course, she does that. And there's a there's a beautiful picture there of of you know really the the body of Christ at work uh, ministering to um, <clears throat> ministering to folks and ministering to anyway. So she ministers to David, and of course, we know not long after that he after Nabal dies, he uh, takes Abigail the wife, and they um, and that's a a, a good picture. Uh, of marriage and all that but these guys were a wall so this is the wall of protection right so we have walls of protection we in society we 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 put up uh what did so in deuteronomy god said i will show you uh, i i set before you life and good and death and evil choose the good that you may live and so uh essentially you know we've had the privilege and the grace of God to live in the United States of America, and um, for for a while we've had a respite uh, of time where we could actually live um, quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. 
Well, as the evil seducers wax worse and worse, they want to tear down all these uh, authority structures, walls of society um, that God has, you know, that 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 God word, God's word has allowed us to erect. And and even in the even in the kings throughout the books of kings, you see the different uh, kings like Jehoram was a bad king and Ahaz was a bad king and and they were these were you know and they brought they they destroyed stuff literally they destroyed stuff and so you know we Nabal was a guy who he didn't really I mean he he was just for himself uh, he might not be one of the 21 or the 18 he might not be one of the 18 main types of the antichrist but he certainly um he certainly a, 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 a small uh at least a small type of the antichrist right here um and he's certainly a, a foolish man a tr- evil and churlish in all of his doings and so that's what we're told about nabal and so but 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 we need this wall of protection that David and his men provided for Nabal and his men, Nabal's men, and all of the all of Nabal's goods. And essentially, I mean, it goes to say goes without saying. I think that once David uh, once David took Abigail to wife, that he got all of Nabal's stuff, which is it says he was a very great man. Uh, so he had a lot of possessions. So David gets all that stuff, and uh, it, but that's the wall of protection they provided. Let's go to um, so and this and another point to make here is this: this could be uh, you know a picture of Christ protecting us from the world of the flesh and the devil. Now you know there's still some some commandments we need to obey, but let's look at John chapter ten real quick. And let's see what Jesus says about um, those that he gives eternal life. And he's schooling the Pharisees here again. In fact, when you get to John chapter ten or seven, I think you start at John chapter seven. You you start really um, seeing G- Jesus start schooling the the uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, and all the doctors and lawyers, and they didn't like him too much. So John chapter 10, and uh, I'll just read, let's see, I think we're reading uh, 27 to 30, yeah, it's 27 to 30, so I'll, I'll just take this and, and uh, read it real quick. But this tells us what, what Jesus uh, says about those he's given eternal life. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than I, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And of course, they didn't like him when he said that, because essentially he was saying he was God. Now... Since uh, we're the A team here, the A class, um, when he made that claim, true or false? Yeah, so it is true. 
Jesus is God, and He will continue to be God, and 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 it's more evident now than it ever has been. Uh, once He sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high, which is what we're told in Hebrews, um, everybody knew that He was God, except Paul, and Paul had to have a visit <laughs> in Acts chapter nine from the Lord Himself. Uh, to to straighten him out, and he did, and and Paul fell on his face and said, "Lord, well, what what wilt thou have me to do?" So, and he moved forward, but he had some persecution and stuff. <clears throat> uh, last point, and then uh, we'll, we'll move on. But uh, we need to be careful, uh, like I said, about tearing stuff down, and uh, you know, any of us can do it. We are all sinful beings and we struggle with our the difference between the flesh and the spirit and we if we walk in the spirit we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh but um, in uh, Genesis chapter 49 this is an interesting passage um, so before I get to that though I want to do some background so in 30 in Genesis 30 Four, we see uh, Dinah. It tells us a little about, bit about Dinah, the daughter of Leah, who was born under Jacob. She was the youngest of Leah's children, and she goes out to see the daughters of the land, and ends up with uh, I think Hamor is the guy's name, the son of Shechem. Anyway, so. Um, he he lies with her carnally, and wrought, uh, and, and wrought that wrought folly in Israel, doing that thing which was not to be done, ought not to be done. And so Levi and Sim, what do they what do they do? Anybody remember that story? What do they go and do? Yeah, they they go in. They they tell him, hey, okay, if you guys get circumcised, we'll will uh will allow you to to we'll make peace with you so they get circumcised on the third day the boys go in and they just boldly go into the city and slay people with the sword and spoil the city and uh so this is so in genesis 49 what we see here is um in verses five to seven we see jacob uh responding to this on his deathbed and and this is what he says Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret and into their assembly. Mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for... It was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And so, um, well, does anybody know, like, what did God command concerning the sons uh, of Levi, who were the priesthood? What, uh, where did they, where did they dwell? What did God command as far as their dwelling place? In, among the children of Israel. 
Right, all throughout all the tribes of Israel, they were to be given land. That is correct. So they were scattered throughout Israel, and uh, if if uh, it, and it's not it, it, it's not it's it's pretty uh, subtle. But if you look in the book of Joshua, when you look at what Simeon got, Simeon and Simeon's inheritance was within the inheritance in the borders of Judah. So essentially, he got, he didn't really get his, like, like you saw Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they got their own land, and, and um, you know, you, you have all the other tribes of Israel getting their own coasts, but you see Simeon within the inheritance of the tribe of Judah, they get, they, they, they get, they don't get subsumed, they're still a tribe, but but you see that that they uh, so God uh, visits he visits this prophecy upon uh, Levi and Simeon and so we need to be you know as Christians we need to be careful about what we do as far as digging down walls and and destroying structures of course that's the the thing to do today right is to break down all of the statues and landmarks and you know start destroying all that stuff and you know, it's just really not. I mean, it it's destructive. It's destructive. So, and you know, even even more important than that, the family's being wrecked. And you know, um, you saw today addictions rampant. You got people, all kinds of people addicted to stuff, drugs and alcohol, and just stuff, gambling, anything. And then you got you know. Um, Divorces rampant and, and busting up families, and I, I mean, you just hear time and time again how the psychologists have said that you know when you break up a family, you really kind of uh, it's really difficult on the children. You you, just, you know kind of destroy the family like that. So anyway, um, <clears throat> pray that we don't do that, right? Uh, as ch- as uh, Christians, uh, we don't. Um, we, we want to build up. We don't. We, we want to save life, not destroy it. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the sons of uh, James, or uh, John and uh, yeah, James and uh, John and James, sons of Zebedee. Uh, at one point, they wanted to ask. They wanted Jesus to bring fire down on a Samaritan village, and he's like, "No, I came to save life, not destroy it." So. Jesus came to save us, not destroy us, and so I just thought I'd share with you that um, God kind of uh, gave me that the other day, and uh, uh, Brian asked me to cover tonight, so I just thought I'd share that and uh, hope it ministers to you. Uh, we want the wall of salvation and the wall of protection, definitely, and uh, we, we definitely need to you know, let God use that in our lives to just meditate on that and, and, and endeavor to minister to others with the wall uh, of salvation the rock of salvation and uh, and let them have that wall of protection from hellfire uh, ultimately but also you know god can uh, st- straighten out lives by the grace of god so anyway that that's what i have is there any questions before i Okay, hearing none, uh, we'll pray, and then we'll pray. Um, 
and I'll turn this off.